What's going on out there, everybody? This is your boy Marlon Ballard with the Love to Laugh podcast. I am joined by a legend in the game, man. This guy, we've seen him everywhere. We heard the songs, we heard everything, man. I want y'all to give it up for Stephen Russell of Truth, man. Give it up for him, man. He's a legend to me, man. Hey, thank y'all so much. Man, how you been doing, man? What you been doing during this quarantine, man? Man, I've been doing good, man. I've been taking it easy. I've been um, uh, living life slowly and on purpose. Just taking it easy, man. You know, no pressure. Just taking it day by day, man, and enjoying each moment for what it is, man. I feel that, man. Are you are you getting antsy? Like, do you miss touring or anything? Uh, the only time I get antsy is when I want to play golf or something. That's pretty much it. But other than that, you know, I create right here at home. Uh, I'm working on my new film, and I do all that stuff at home. So I'm pretty cool, man. I'm pretty relaxed, man. You know, I, I'm pretty easy, man. The, these fires has got it kind of kind of funny out here right now, though. Yeah, you, you, yeah you out there in L.A., right? Yeah. Man, and that's one thing I don't get about them fires. I'm like, man, they right next to the ocean. Why can't they just just <laughs> just <laughs> well, well, it's not it's not that close, you know. Oh, it's not, the okay, mountain, okay. yeah, the mountain ranges are not close to the ocean. Okay, you know? okay, that's that's, that's that Cali funny, thing man. right there. Yeah, it's pretty funny, man. Oh man, that's like us. Like I said again, man, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I'm a fan of R&B. I love everything you've done, everything you've touched. Um, I've I've done some research on you, so we gonna we gonna definitely uh, make this do what it do. So that's originally. Right, you're you're from Connecticut, right? Yeah, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. Yes, sir. Man, so how much time did you spend there before you went out to to Pasadena? Um, well, only a couple of years, man. I was only there until I was maybe three, and after three, we went to uh, spend a short stint in Texas, in Amarillo, Texas, where my mother was from, and then we moved uh, to California. To Cali, okay. So you so you Cali all the way, like you ain't. Yeah. Pasadena, Pasadena all day. So, so once you go back to Connecticut, like you can't no longer say you're from Connecticut at all. You can't say not you're like from that. Not <laughs> like that. Man, that hey, that's that's dope, bro. Cause um, I lived up in that area. I lived in Maine for a little bit, so I know exactly oh, what type okay. of area that was a military brat. So oh, it's, God. It's nothing but wildlife and you know Yeah, it's beautiful up there, man. Quiet. It's very yep. quiet. So yeah. what um what what got you into um uh, singing R and B like what what got you into to doing that Did you come up in the church like everybody else did or what Uh yeah well I grew up in the church but I wasn't a church kid per se um, I didn't get my musical influences from church I got you know I I was able to use church to stop me from being shy you know but my musical influence was my mom you know, um, the music that she played around the house and, um, you know, me imitating Michael Jackson when I was very young, all that stuff made me want to be a singer, you know. And and you were damn good at it, dude, because, hey, I, <laughs> y'all's performances, man, like, they made me tired watching them, man. They, I'm like, they got to be tired. They got to be. All these backflips hey. splits and everything. Yeah, y'all put your heart and soul tough. into the performances. Y'all did. We did, man. We really, really did, man. Every time, and y'all, and y'all still do. Like, I think I caught, yeah. I caught y'all, like two years ago when you came to Atlanta. I'm like, these dudes yeah. are like, they are still 25, like, minus the Jerry curl. Exactly. <laughs> and a little gray <laughs> <right> hair. 
Man, and, and and I did a poll on my Facebook. I'm like, y'all, I'm interviewing Steven Russell. What you want me to ask him? And how does it feel like when you when you're mentioned with the R&B greats, and the first thing people ask is like, yo, them Jerry curls though. Like, <laughs> it's funny, you know, it's part of our legacy. I mean, we didn't want to cut the Jerry curls, so hey, it doesn't bother me at all, man. That we thought that the Jerry curls helped our performances and everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yo, these dudes have like some of the juiciest Jerry curls I've seen in my life, and they're dancing and nothing. Like they ain't wiping their eye, they ain't doing nothing. They just oh, get no. it to spread oh, my no. wings. Oh, no, we wasn't greasy. It just looked like that. It looked like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, that and you're right. That went on with your legacy. Um, Cause you you say you started out in the church. Um, yeah. When did you know? that you wanted to be like you wanted to rec be a recording artist when did you realize that once i you know like i, I was about 13 um after I, I i performed michael jackson a whole lot around my city and and, and at different air force bases and stuff around california and just getting the praise from the people you know uh seeing how happy it made people feel that's what made me want to you know, like, man, I could use some of this for myself, you know. That's when I first got the itch when I saw all the praise that people gave me from em emulating Michael Jackson. And you are a Michael Jackson fan. Like, you, like, oh, you man. are. So, what, go, go on, give it to me. Like, what's, yeah. what's your favorite Michael Jackson album? What, what's your favorite, man? Uh, my favorite two Michael Jackson albums, Off the Wall, Thriller, my favorites. Um, of course, uh, um, bad, uh, not bad. Uh, what's the one that Teddy did? Oh, uh, uh, dangerous, dangerous, dangerous is one of my favorites, of course. Uh, Mike, Mike, just as a writer, just as an artist, as a businessman, he's just he's like my idol all around, man. Him and Babyface, you know. Um, I got a few guys that I look up to, and Michael's definitely the main guy who set the tone for me for sure. See, I, and I and I, I agree with you because I think like. I, I definitely agree with your favorites. My favorite Mike album had to be Bad, man. Yeah. Bad yeah. was my, I can listen can't to that without bad nothing. <laughs> you can't leave that out at all, man. Bad was a great album as well. Hey, and, and, <clears throat> and he had the curl too with the. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Hey, man. Y'all, yeah, y'all legends, bro. Y'all legends, man. So, um, so y'all came out. What what year did y'all come out? Like I, I know, but let the people know what year did um, y'all get y'all's break. Our our first our first single, Mama Sita, uh, week was nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. Produced by the late Joe Levert, my big brother. Yeah, we got our first number one record in nineteen eighty eight. Man, I was just I was still in high school. I had just graduated high school. And see, I'm, I'm gonna let you know now. Like that was before I was. I'm born in '91, so I, I kind of oh, okay. missed that era. Yeah. But, but I yeah, like yeah. you ask anybody, I like that know me. They're like, "Yo, this is the oldest dude you probably ever gonna meet in the young." That's body. funny, man. Because that like funny. I did my research, man. Because in '88, like y'all had it was competition. Had wow. comp, like how much? Like how much did Chucky Booker like influence like y'all sound? He was it. He, you know, Chucky Booker, he produced what favorite girl on my heart. Uh, he, Chucky did like three songs on the first album. He he produced the second single, My Heart. So between him and Gerald Levert, that was our sound. 
You know what I'm saying? Chucky, with my heart, Chucky was, he was the reason for the season for that sound. That's his sound, you know what I mean? Man, Chucky, Chucky's still out there doing this thing too, man. I appreciate oh, him yeah. for doing that. Oh yeah, that's my big bro. We're working on some new stuff too. Man, that's, and and speaking back in back back then too, uh, another friend asked. They was like, "Did y'all did y'all get anything from the troop branding, like the shoes and the jackets? Did y'all get anything from that?" No, we didn't. We weren't affiliated with the people who own the merchandise, so you know they allowed us to use the jackets and videos and stuff. But uh, excuse me, we weren't affiliated with with those people um, directly, you know. I, do, do, do you wish you were? Because I heard that so. Um, <laughs> I wish I owned it right now. Because I think they still sell it. I think the website's still up and running. Yeah. Like, like, they still yeah. sell it. And I thought it, it was, I thought it was, had something to do with y'all. I'm like, Troop had a, a, a clothing brand? I'm like, yo, that's dope. Man, yeah, that would have been so fly, man. I'm like, I'm like, none of the jackets got wings on it. I'm like, you got to spread your wings. Right. Like, nothing? <laughs> nothing? Okay, cool. Right, gotcha. Right. Right. But man, um, what's what's another thing I wanted to ask you? Um, speaking of that, like how Chucky Booker influenced your sound, um, and everything. Um, yeah. who was y'all's biggest competition back then, back in the, the late eighties, early nineties? Who? Well, honestly, it was it was it was a lot of after seven new edition, Bobby Brown, Michael Jackson, MC Hammer. It was so much, man. Um, Rob Bass. Yeah, it was everything, man. Guy, Tony, Tony, Tony. I mean, it was nothing but competition. Like it, it, the whole, I mean, the whole existence at that time was competitional with all these hot artists, man. It was, it was ridiculous to be number one on top of all those people really meant something, you know? And, and everybody, everybody like was dancing around that time. Had the suits on, dancing, and everything. And then like I would watch High Five, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. I'm like, yo, that'll be a dance battle for your ass, Troop and High Five. I'm like, yo, but y'all, y'all had the back. Nobody was doing backflips, but y'all, like it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that right there. Yeah. You won the battle. You won it. Like, yeah, oh. we were serious about the choreography, man. Who who um who was the choreographer for y'all? Who taught y'all the, the step? Um, Rodney Benford and myself out of the group, we did most of the choreography in the group. Of course, everybody had something to say here and there at certain parts, but Rodney is the main choreographer, but I always assisted with him because we were the most serious dancers in the group, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, when we worked on videos and stuff, you know, we worked with the likes of Tony Basil, Jeffrey Daniels, um dang uh barry lather uh we've worked with a lot of different choreographers as well man that, and, and that's how y'all stood out because a lot of groups like after that they they was like yo we vocal we don't want to do all that moving around because you know it's just, yeah. that's gonna mess with our vocals but like y'all yeah. like you know what we're gonna do both we're gonna kill this three minute routine and then we're gonna come sing like we just didn't dance yeah. like this, yeah. that's how that's gonna gonna do Oh man, man. so that, man. You, you named all your competition, but who um uh, like who's the, the the group or the artist like every time they draw something, y'all was like, damn, that was good. We need to come new with edition. it next time. New, new edition, DVD, yeah. New edition, anybody in that click, man, anybody in new edition, uh that was that was the, those were the guys that we were uh going after in the sense of 
integrity and style. You know, New Edition had it all. Yeah. So we wanted to be like them, you know, but be true and be individual. But that was our standard with to be like New Edition. Because I think I looked at the, the Attitude album and then I looked at their Any Heartbreak album. And y'all, y'all had the suit game on fleet. Like, y'all was oh. killing the suit game. I'm like, okay, that, that was the competition right there. Yeah, yeah, no question, man. Because we didn't know how New Edition was coming. You know, they had been gone for a minute, so we thought we were getting ready to slip in before they came back and they was coming with any heartbreak, man. <laughs> if it is love, man, oh, shit. here they go, man. <laughs> but hey, at the end of the day, everybody got their bag. Like, y'all had y'all's thing. Yeah. They they went on and did the DVD. Bob Brown went off yeah. and did his own thing. So it's yeah. it's. Like, seeing them break off and do other things, did you want to go off and, you know, go solo and do something at the time when everybody was doing that? How Aaron Hall went solo and everything? No, you know, I never was excited about going solo once I got in the group. I always wanted the songs and the best stuff for the group. Mm -hmm. But as a producer and writer, yeah, I wanted to venture out and produce and write for other people. I definitely wanted to do that. But as an artist, no, I really didn't get a bug for, I wasn't tripping on going solo because it was so much fun being in the group and performing and having people with you. So that wasn't really a big thing to me It's going solo during that time. So it, it, there wasn't no, uh, no five heartbeats moments where you pulled a flash, it's like, yo, I'm dropping the album in three weeks. Forget these guys, I'm gone. Uh, I, wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't the one in the group doing that. <laughs> you know, I, I was a big Troop fan, man. I thought Troop could be the biggest group on the planet. So that was kind of my focus, you know. And and y'all end up being that because when when All I Do came out, I'm talking like I was there when it came out. All I Do <laughs> came out. It's very few artists that can make a remake of a song and the song is better than the original. Yeah. In my That's opinion, tough. y'all's version is the best version ever of All I Do. And how do you Thank feel you. like that that song is still out there, you know, making waves? How do you feel about that? Well, I love it because, man, when you when you start out in this business, you you pray that you can get one song that people remember you forever. You know, you of course you want to be like the Isleys and have a million songs that people love or Stevie Wonder, but if you're fortunate enough to get that one song that makes people remember you forever, you know, that's what you get in the business for. And we got that with uh, All I Do Is Think Of You. I love it. You know, I love the fact that it's still played on the radio every day somewhere. You know, uh, wish I had wrote it. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> hey, I, I love, I, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of being a part of such a great song and to, to have it compared to Michael and the Jacksons, the greatest ever. It, 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 it puts us at a mention of some high society, high class stuff. So I love it. I can't complain about it. Did, did any of the Jacksons reach out to y'all? I was like, yo, y'all did y'all thing on this right here. Oh, no question, man. Michael loved it. Jermaine, Jackie, Janet, everybody loved it, man. Everybody loved it. Jackie, he talked about how Michael called everybody in the family. <laughs> man, these guys did our song, man. They did our song, man. <laughs> You know, so yeah, they they loved it for sure, man. They were really appreciative. Um, came to some of the concerts, Jackie and Jermaine. So we got a chance to chop it up with them. They loved it, and 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 that's that's your idol. So I I know that was an out of body experience for you. I'm like man, out of body experience. Yep. 
And then years down the line, y'all were that group that, like, another group sampled it. And I think B5 sampled all I do. Yep, exactly. Our version, exactly. And how how did you feel about that? Uh, I thought it was cool, man. You know, um, for the generation that they, you know, that they were repping coming up, I thought it was was cute for uh, the day for them. I thought it was cool. You know what I mean? And, and I, I hated it, not because they didn't do their thing. My sister was a big fan of them, so I heard it every <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, just play the original. Just, just play. Yeah, just play truth Play truth. Yeah, like, no, exactly. I, I like the little light-skinned dudes with this. I'm like, oh, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, a group full of Albie yeah, Shores, man. Yeah. That's the last thing I need right now. Yeah. Last thing. But, man, y'all have so right. You're right. <laughs> All I do, though, that, that's, that's the classic. They play it at least eight times in Atlanta every day. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Heard it. Yeah, it's a 104. They're like, song. guess what? We playing again. Then I hear the piano intro. I'm like, uh, here. you know, I'm gonna sing it for the eighth time today. We need but you to do know. a new video to it. We need to do a new video to it and treat it like it's our single right now. Hey, yeah, and y'all still got the moves to do it, bro. You say, hey, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, so, so that that comes out and y'all y'all skyrocket y'all on Arsenio, and yeah. I, and I heard when, I heard once you go to Arsenio like that was it like you up out of here like. Well, what happened with Arsenio before we got to all I do is think of you? As soon as we released that album, we released a song that I wrote actually my first top five record, a song called "I'm Not Suit." Uh-huh. And Arsenio loved the song, man. He loved the video and he loved the song. And just every night on his show, once that video came out, he would show a piece of the video. <laughs> and then he was talking about, man, we got, we got to get Troop on the show. We got to get Troop. And then before you know it, he was doing a countdown to Troop. And he did this whole two weeks or so countdown until we came on the show. And it was huge, man. Arsenio blew us up. Arsenio was he a fan of a life. lot of people. He, he helped yeah. a lot of people. Like he, yeah, he, he loved y'all. Our life. Sure. He loved y'all. He loved the Rude Boys. He loved um, uh, there's a couple of groups on there that was on there multiple times. I'm like, yo, Arsenio's a fan. I know. Right, right. Yeah. He, he 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 was an angel for us, for, without a doubt. Definitely, definitely. Um, out of out of most of the songs that you that that y'all did, like, what do you think is the most underrated song that you think should have like really blew up at the time? Uh I think that's my attitude could have been a big smash. Um we did a song called Audacity that I love. I think Audacity uh, is on the Mayday album. I mm-hmm. think Audacity was a great song. But just in the time when we were really hot, I think I don't know either. I will always love you. That's my attitude. I thought one of those could have been really big, you know. Teddy Riley Bitterson came out with Let's Chill and he blew up off of what we was doing. So I was like, damn, I, I, I at least wanted I will always love you to be, you know, a big record for us, you know. <laughs> and, and I will always love you is a is like one of my faves, man. Like y'all, yeah, my y'all did too, y'all man. damn thing on that song. Yeah. Thank you, man. And your yeah. your your pen game is strong because like after after the group thing, you went on and started writing for other artists, producing other artists. And everything. Yeah. So, what what made you just like what made you get from behind the microphones? You like, you know what? I want to help you know people get to where they need to go. Well, once I once I witnessed Gerald Levert and Chucky Booker and all of these Joyce Irby, all these awesome producers producing us, I fell more in love with their job than my job. You know, um, 
the 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 concept of creating something from nothing made me feel more in alignment with who I was as a creator. So I wanted to be like Babyface. I wanted to be like Gerald and Chucky. You know, I wanted to be another one of Lionel Richie. And I just fell in love with that notion. And so I just, um, once Troop went through, we went through our little hiatus or whatever, I just, I took all those songs and every song that I was creating and I just pushed it out to other people. And before you know it, man, I was a part of a, a production company called the Underdogs and we were just writing for everybody, man. You know, you know how the universe works, man. You put one foot out there towards yourself and the universe gives you triple time, right? But to help you, you know. Exactly. And and I like like I said, you learn you learn something new every day. Like I did my like I said, I did my research and I did not know you had a, a hand in Take You Down by Chris Brown. And I'm like, yo. Oh, damn. I didn't I didn't yeah. like I'm like, I'm listening to the song all these years. I'm like, yo, this is a and I know why I like it so much now. I'm like, oh Steven had a yeah. damn hand yeah, in this. Yeah. Man. Take you down. That was my that concept, take you down was my concept. Man, and some of the songs that you write for people, do you wish you like, damn, I should have kept that and put that in my album? Like, <laughs> well, only if I was in a position to blow it up. Like, if I had a record deal myself and Atlantic was putting albums out on me and certain songs, yeah, I was like, dang, I would keep that. But if I'm not the artist, if I'm not in the position to promote the song and make it hot, I love for it to be on whoever's going to be in that position, you know, whether it's Chris. Mm -hmm. B2K, whoever, as long as they're in a position to make it hot and it make them hot, I'm with it. Okay, okay. So we, you know. we, we are, we're in the day and age now where we're under quarantine. So, you know, music artists are singing online. They're doing versus battles. Um, who, like, who, you think you and uh, New Edition can go head to head in the versus or any other group that you think would go? I don't know, man. Like, I mean, it would be ideal for Troop and New Edition to do it because we got songs, mm -hmm. but I think New Edition would get us based on their longevity. They got more songs, like and then the New solo shit. Play. Yeah, they can. Well, they can do even if they just stay with New Edition. They could do Candy Girl, Jealous Girl. Mm -hmm. uh, is this the end? I'm leaving yeah. you again. I mean, the list just goes. Those guys got a lot of songs, man. So. It would be fun to do it because we got a few oldies but goodies to throw in there. People like those songs, but as far as song for song, I don't know, man. I think we would have to be more in alignment with, shoot, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. That's pretty tough. We got some strong songs, but... Uh, I don't know. Because some I people, know. I mean, some people just have no, like, they have their own lane. And then, like, you like, damn. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't know, like uh, I could say Tony, 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 or uh, something like that. Uh, but you, but you also have to pick a group that can also dance too. You like, man. Oh uh, yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, New Edition. Well, then it would only be New Edition. Okay. Okay. New Edition. I, yeah, New Edition would be the group that Troop would go up against in a versus uh, on a gentleman's on a shake hand gentleman's basis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They so, got songs, man. You know, we got we got songs, and we got we got a lot of hidden jewels too. Um, but that would that would be something else, right there. Because because even even though like y'all had um, you know y'all had your albums before the eighties ended, but to me, one of y'all one of my favorite songs by y'all again, uh, uh, "Sweet November." Okay, man. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs too. That's on um the third album. Um, the, um, I pr I actually produced the third album. I. 
I, I did the majority of the production on the third album, and Sweet November was a turned out to be a number one record for us. Because yeah, I, I knew the song was going to be fired because, like, y'all didn't give the, the song no time to come in. Like, as soon as the song started, I'm like, he already on the vocals. So I'm like, he couldn't wait to hop on the track. <laughs> he couldn't wait. I'm like, oh. And then the song's five minutes. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Like, the song is about to go. And yeah, man. And every group, like like I, like I told, like, I talked to, to Joey from the Rude Boys. I'm like, yo, him and Buddy were the perfect duo on songs like you and Alan man like, yep. like shout out to the rest of the guys but like you and Alan like y'all yeah. were the were the duo y'all were the yeah bouncing off each other like you'll do a note he'd be like oh yeah I'm gonna hit you with this note yeah. see where you go yeah. So, yeah. so I, I know y'all y'all are y'all are tight y'all had a um a remake yeah. Lady in My Life recently was yeah we just recently released Lady in My Life um uh, mm-hmm. Just to give the fans some more of what we do, you know, and mm-hmm. it's getting a it's getting a really good response right now. Because because like you know, for a long time y'all so. y'all was uh just y'all going on the road as as four instead of five. Yeah, Alan Alan yeah. was on doing his own thing. So yeah. how how was it different like not having him there? And then like did you have to pick up extra slack and sing his parts, or was it how would that work? Yeah. Um, that was an opportunity for John John to sing more live, you know. So John John stepped up and was um, to people's surprise, he was singing more of the songs uh, when we performed live until Alan was done doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you perform around the world with somebody, you know, and, and everybody knows, like Five Heartbeats, everybody knows the parts of the Temptations movie yeah. where you're waiting for Alan to come in on his part, you know? Yeah. So all that was difficult, you know, performing without him, him being the main lead singer, it's, uh, it was kind of indifferent, but, you know, just to feed our families, you have to do what you have to do, you know? I know you was calling and cussing him out every time y'all got off stage. Right? Every, Get your ass here. Like, every what are you day, doing? Every day, man. You're killing us, bro. You're killing us, man. Man. You know? and, and, so. and, I, and I know y'all had y'all fair share of of, of, of disagreements with, with, with the group because I watched oh, your yeah. song. Um, okay. And, and the album where it was just you, Alan, and then the guy in the back. When I tell Me you, I saw, when I saw that album, like, I – it wasn't fun, but I laughed. I'm like, yo, this is different from <laughs> the previous albums. It's just like, it, it's like y'all, y'all went from R&B singers to like these, like, it looked like y'all was just like, y'all ready to whoop somebody's ass at the point. Like, right. like you, you had the flannel on, Alan in the back like that, and the dude just ain't got no shirt on. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, um, it was a good album, actually, though. Yeah, it was a good album, and it was actually an original troop album, all the original members. Uh-huh. But uh, we had some indifferences in the studio uh, with some of the guys and the producer, Demetrius Ship, who's who ended up on the album cover. And so by the time we finished spending all that time recording those songs and the other guys hadn't participated, mm-hmm. you know, we still had a, we still had to turn something in. And we were torn between uh, calling it something new or, you know, calling it troops since me and Alan sing everything anyway. So it was like that, you know, it was, it was a little funny time for us, but just as far as business was concerned, we had to turn the album in and the other guys hadn't participated. So that's why it turned out like that, but it was actually recorded as a troop record, you know? 
So when when they go back and look at the album, like, do you still be like, damn, that's why I left you off the album? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for me, you know, I, it was such a learning lesson for me, the whole ordeal. You know, I just hope that the other members, if they haven't, you know, I hope they get to a point to where they see, you know, we create our own realities. And if you're not on that record, what was your part in not being on it? You know, I would rather them yeah. look at it like that than look at it with any kind of, you know, disdain or some kind of uh, resentfulness or something because it was another album in our journey, you know, uh, regardless, it was, it was another record that explained something that was going on in our journey. So, you know, I appreciate it, you know. Yeah. It, and like I said, it was it was a great album, but I, I like looking at that. I'm like, yeah, they're having problems right now. It's a dope album. But you know, originally, honestly, originally, Alan or myself, that was not the intention. That decision yeah. came after all of the recording, after all the songs was done. Um, during the entire process of recording that album, we never considered it to be what it looked like afterwards. It was the original five. It was everybody. We were doing it for that purpose. But, you know, once the other guys didn't come around and finish, help us finish, you know, at the end, we was like, well, shit, man. Yeah. You know, Meech is in here with us, helping us do all this stuff, man, and really dedicated with us. You know, forget it. You know, we just did it. You know, we were independent at that time. So it was like, you know, we can turn around and do another album in next year. And, you know, that's how we were looking at it, you know. Exactly. So, did, yeah. um, did you, um, or do you have any, I'm sure you have plenty, but do you have any regrets, like anything you would have done differently from the start of your career to now? Uh, well, you know, I'm, uh, as a, a, a grown man, I'm going to take away regrets, right? I'm okay. going to look at it from a mature standpoint for my own benefit. Um, I'm going to say that I appreciate uh, my journey I appreciate all of the lessons that I gained with the decisions that I did make. Uh, if there was an opportunity for me to go back and change some decisions, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, you know would, I, would, I, would I not uh, leave the first management, first production company that I started with? No. Would I have broken the contract right in the middle of our momentum? Hell no. Okay. You know, I, I just, there's, there's several things that I, I would have uh, changed as far as the momentum of Troop and what the momentum we had. I would have never interrupted that ever, knowing what I know now. And, and that's like, that's very adult. Like, that's the adult, that's the adult thing to say because yeah. some, some cats would be like, but hell no, it's all they fault. Like, it's, it's not me. Oh, you, you owned up to your. We create our own realities, man. Troop was making every time we dropped a record, it was a number one record, top five record. So, uh, the universe had us. We can't complain about anything. The universe abided by our wants and needs and put us right in the position to have and become what we wanted to become. If you lose sight in that, you're responsible. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? I feel you. You're responsible for being on purpose about the outcome of your experience. If you get blindsided, if you get too uh, 
uh, loose or forgetful or arrogant or whatever you want to call it. You get to beside yourself and make decisions that counterbalance the energy that's propelling the momentum. That's your ass. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I said, y'all yeah. came up in a in a very competitive era. Period. Because like, like now, I don't think there are any R and B groups out now. Not like not I think the last not one. Meaningful. Yeah, not that's meaningful or impactful to the to the young female audience. You know, B two K. I think Day Twenty Six was the last one. Day Twenty Six is probably the last group that came along. Um that had some momentum you know mindless, mindless behavior they had they had the girls yeah. going crazy mindless behavior was they was yeah not i would consider them more of what i'm talking about that uh where they had a, they were super impactful uh-huh. you know for a certain kind of uh a genre of, of, of kids um none of that exists today and, you know, and, and why do you think that is? Do you think just groups can't get along or do you think it's like just not what is hot right now? Well, I just don't think it's hot right now because, you know, uh, Migos is a group. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Migos is a group. So there's your there's your group right there. And, and because we're not separated, you don't have two separated genres of music and black music, you know, um, Migos went out, you know what I'm saying? You know, there's no R&B group that could even compete with the Migos. I mean, if somebody put one together, they could, but, you know, as it stands, you know, the Migos is the hottest group. So it's like, unless you're an R&B group, and then our music was so sad, it's almost like you got to copy somebody else mm -hmm. for people to even put yeah. you on and want interested being totally original is not what is attractive. So for R&B, we're in trouble because, you know, every, you know, all the music in the rap game, not saying it's all the same, but it's on the same frequency. Yeah. It's on the same hum, the same low frequency that makes the speakers do what they do is all the same. And R&B is not that. R&B is a love music. Mm -hmm. R&B music makes you cry, laugh, smile, feel good, feel sad, feel long. You know, R&B is expansive. You know, the music that's dominating today is one thing. It's just on one frequency. So as long as we're on that frequency, the music for R&B and what R the medicine that R&B is, is going to struggle because R&B is not that frequency. And, and you are absolutely right because it's, I turn, I get in the car, I turn on the radio, like I don't move unless it's something like from the, like a Tony Braxton song. So I'm like, okay, on, this sounds different. It I, sounds can, different. I can hear what era is from. I'm like, okay, this is Mary. This is definitely first or second album. It's Mary. a different yeah. energy. Yeah. And it's a different energy. It's, a, it's medicine. It's like, it's like you're getting ready to get a dose of medicine. And the songwriting is different. Like it's like how you were raised isn't how these new songwriters are raised. They don't know yeah. nothing about anything. Yeah. Every so, every melody is the same and catchy mm -hmm. the same. You know, you might do it. You know, they, this guy's talk box might be a little tighter or stronger than this guy, but it's all it's all in that same frequency, man. Nothing is. There's no diversity in black music, and right now, all black music is is trap, dance, hip hop music. Exactly. R&B is not a part of that, you know, which is sad. There's so many talented R&B artists, 
And you know. that's why I'm doing this podcast right here because I need I need y'all to uh, like I need y'all to get recognized because like I'm like I'm in Atlanta. A lot of R&B artists live here. It's like when I go to Detroit, yeah. I see a lot of the Motown people there and Walmart, Kroger, just normal people. I'm like, yo, you, yo, you stole you, you marry well. She's like, yeah, how you doing, sweetheart? I'm like, you know who you are? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And then Atlanta, like I saw Tony Terry in Walmart the other day. I'm like, yo, <laughs> what the, like, what are you doing? And he's like, man, I'm just, yeah. I'm just doing what I do. But it's, like, it's, it's, it's hard seeing like y'all not getting y'all's recognition like it has to be something special because chris rock i believe hosted the bt awards and he bought y'all out correct say that again uh, chris rock hosted the bt awards and he bought y'all out right yes exactly how did, how did that feel you was like oh man finally we about to get you yeah. know our thing together well, I, again well i was just thinking that it was cool to be recognized years after you know you you always want to know that people appreciate your work. So uh, when we got the call to do that, you know, of course we appreciated, you know, just the look and the opportunity to uh, get back on the road again. You know, that would be the opportunity for people to see us and, you know, we start working again, which it did, you know, mm -hmm. but I thought it was great, man, you know, um, because in, in our, and for some reason, nowadays you know except for the likes of charlie wilson you know they they count you out in your own music they count you out in your own field of music just because of a certain age and it's so disheartening because most people get better as they get older they don't get worse Absolutely. so uh you know they count you out after after you're 30 years old and at 35 40 you're amazing it's like, you know, um, there's a lot of music being missed, man. So, you know, um, one of the ups to being able to put music out on your own and create your own industry, uh, that's one thing I appreciate about it because now you can't stop people from putting out their own music. You know, now it's just up to promoting it and marketing it where people can see it, you know. And, and there's also pros and there's pros and cons to being able to put out because now there's so much music in the world that we're actually missing out on whoever did put out something of quality. Right. It's drowned out. So do you think if social media and everything existed back when y'all came out, do you think it would have helped or hurt y'all? Uh, we would have been amazing. We would have been the next new edition. We would have been Boys to Men. Before Boys to Men came and did that 15 million, we would have we would have did that easy. Man, because I, I, I can't imagine how social media would have been back then, man. It would have been, like, it really would have been the gauntlet for y'all, man. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody Especially like, how as aggressive as we were and how serious we were. We were like a pit bull, raging bull at that time, man. We were kicking ass, man. Our momentum was so strong. With social media, man, we would have been, uh, we would have been a, a serious group, man, to contend with. Especially another couple hit records. Mm -hmm. We were out of here. Troop is out of here. You know what I mean? And, and but, you know, you have to make room for those it's meant for. Jodeci and Boys to Men came right in, picked right on up, kept it going. You know, thank God for them. They they definitely kept that going. Because, like, if you, you look after Jodeci, every group after them was sort of modeled after them. They had the four guys. Yeah. That dancing yeah. shit was over. Nobody was even. Gonna, <laughs> you know, did, did, no, did, 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 nobody danced after Jodeci? Nobody was. No, boys to men did a little bit, and that was it. 
I think the only time I saw them dance was the doom 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 da da. Like that, that's, that's it. it. Then after that, they was like, "Look, that's it. Like we 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 vocalists. Yeah. We ain't doing all that no more." Yeah, but Drew, after, yeah. I think Drew Hill was like they the tell me the, the tell me prance like that oh was, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Woody yeah. hated that. Like I always, every time I see him, I'm like, "Tell me." He's like, "Bro, stop! Like, please." I'm like, "Hate it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it." He's like, "I don't." <laughs> man, it's like it's, it's it's a blessing that y'all are still here, still touring, everything. Yeah. People still know you. They still love you. I'm, yeah. I'm glad my mom ain't here because I told her I was interviewing you. She was like, "You interviewing who?" I'm like, "Stephen Russell." She's like, "Oh my God, tell him." I'm like, "She left." I'm like, she <laughs> But, uh, I got you, man. I got you. But I, I understand. Like you, um, I told you, I was a comic. So there's there's yeah. there's a uh, there's a comedian that loves y'all that I noticed that you do all her birthday parties, and that's Lunell. Oh yeah, that's my buddy. Lunell loves y'all, and I and I've watched y'all's. Sherry show. Holcomb is one of my best friends. I'm working on his album right now. He he's, did he he's, did mention you. Uh, I remember he mentioned you at one point. He's like, yeah, Stephen, that's my dude. I'm like, yo, Corey, yeah. Corey got yeah. a love for R&B. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Man, so, so so how did how did y'all and Lunell link up? Did um y'all from the same area pretty much? Uh well, just by way of friends, me and Lunell share a couple mutual friends and um I have a radio show called The Heart of R and B that I co host with Michelle. Okay. And um she just she 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 was gonna start throwing these extravagant birthday parties and she's a fan of truth. And so she asked us to start doing her birthday parties, you know, every now and then. So that's just what we've been doing. Man, and it's, that's a blessing right there. Because you, you, like, oh, you yeah. got fans. Like, she, yeah. she's, a great com- she's a great comedian of her, like, her stature. So she's like, yo, I'm a fan yeah. of these guys. I'm going to have a birthday party. Yeah. They're going to perform. So that, yeah, I that, love that, man. That's dope. I, I've met her a couple times. Like, the first time I met her, she definitely put me in my place. She, something <laughs> else. She's man, something else, man. Because I, I was at the time I met her, I was probably a year, maybe two into comedy, and I walked in the green room. I think she was having a bad day already. I'm like, "Hey, how you doing? You know, I love to meet you. Um, can I get a picture with you? I'm a big fan." She's like, "Sit your ass down." I'm like, "Oh boy." She's like, "How long you been doing comedy?" I'm like, "A year and a half." Well, you can't call yourself a comedian, so you've been doing this twenty years like me. You ain't shit until then. Until then, good day. Here's your picture. I'm like, damn. Now looking back at that, now looking back at that, I'm like, you know what? I see where she was coming from. I see exactly where she was coming from. Because you just you're going after it, and you just attach the title to it. Exactly. So that that, like she definitely like. I understand now. She's like, it's so many people. Like you can get on the internet tomorrow and be a comedian. Like put a funny video, and then the comedy club is gonna start booking you. They're like, yo, Stephen Russell put up a funny video. You know what? Tomorrow he headlines. We gonna put him up. That's how easy it is. But actually becoming a comedian is something, it's, it's time. Can you see yourself doing it? Uh, you know, I make people laugh, but as far as setting up a joke <laughs> and having it, I don't know. That seems kind of hard, man. He's, he's like, he's like, I can write you an album, but I can't write a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can, I can give you a joke that's a funny idea, but as far as, I don't know, man. I, I ain't there yet, man. Not as far as being a comic, you know. Nah, I feel you. Out of out of, um, out of all you fellas in the group, who was the funniest? Who was the ladies' man? Who was the serious one? Like, who break down the different personalities of all y'all, man? Okay, uh, Reggie was the high energy ladies' man. Mm-hmm. 
Rodney was the um, he was Rodney had a lot of energy at that time, but he was reserved. He wasn't so much of an extrovert. He was he was he was kind of an introvert. That's the one that had uh, the curls down to the side. Sort of, sort of a ladies man. He wasn't tripping off of the the girls extra extra. You know he did, but it wasn't his his thing. Wasn't just that. John John really quiet. Super ladies, man. Very, very quiet. You can't sneaky. You can't, you have to catch John John, you know. <laughs> Alan, Alan definitely more serious when it came to certain things. Uh, definitely a ladies, man. We all were ladies, man. Yeah. Um, I was more serious overall about everything. And still, you know, I considered myself fun, you know, because we always had fun, but I was very serious about everything from the songs to the choreography to who shot out the videos to, who, you know, who we work with. I, I was kind of intense, man. <laughs> you got you got to be when you when you're in an industry like that. You, you, man, you gotta I was intense, man. So before before I wrap it up, um, I needed a, a embarrassing story from you. Uh, like did anything embarrassing happened to you on stage, anything, you was like, damn, did I trip and fall in front of somebody? Like, anything happened, a malfunction? Man, it's so funny you said that we were performing in Cleveland, man, at this club. And in 88, when we got out of school, they hadn't put dress shoes with the rubber bottoms on the bottom. And so I was used to doing Michael Jackson, so I was used to using those kind of penny loafer type shoes. But one night we were performing and I hit somehow the heel of my shoe came off and the heel has under the shoes just those nails under yeah. there and when it hits the floor it's just totally slippery man so i did the splits or something and couldn't come back up and it was oh. so embarrassing man <laughs> it so embarrassing. oh it was so embarrassing i'll never forget that man but my shoe was broke you know, oh, but I just damn. kicked the, I kicked both shoes off and just kept performing so i played it off but i was totally embarrassed man did, did, did the crowd make like that ooh sound? Ooh. But you could tell they were looking. They, you know, they they didn't really dog me out, but you could tell they was looking like, okay, come on. They was rooting for me to get it together. <laughs> man, that yeah. is hilarious. Because yeah, uh, uh, like, because don't you aren't you happy social media didn't exist back then? Because <laughs> that would have been on YouTube. Yeah, if they're happy, that would have been on YouTube for sure, man. That would have been on YouTube. Because not yeah. not everybody gets the Beyonce treatment because you know she fall they take off YouTube they they yeah. they they're blocking deleted I'm like why y'all like why I can't see her fall she that big of a queen <laughs> damn and Stephen Russell fall you know this everybody oh, see this. you gonna see it everywhere and, and you was yeah. the only one that bust your ass like you was the only one uh no I've seen Reggie I've seen Reggie uh fall. I seen these girls grab Rodney and almost break his neck, you know, just pulling his hair. I've not, nah, we've had some stuff, man. We've Damn. had some stuff. And it's, that's the, the life of a, of an R&B singer. <laughs> we don't, comics don't get that treatment. We get, we either get booed or beat up after a show. Yeah, that's, right. That's it. You man. Know. So, so you got um you have anything um like you, you got anything coming up anything you want to promote before we get out of here man? Well yeah, I want to promote um my new movie, my my first film, my first um 
cult classic uh, called Day One. It's a hood classic, hey. uh, urban film, 10, 10 episode series um, that's almost finished. I'm promoting that. And I just released a new album called Trapsody under my alias, Lil Steve. You know, people always call me Lil Steve since I was young. So I have a new album called uh, Trapsody and um, with uh, two new singles, New Ho and um, In My Feelings. And everybody go check it out. Check out the new music. We got new troop music um, coming. We're getting ready to go in the studio and start recording. So yeah, um, just be on the lookout, man. And, and we don't stop around here. That's what I'm talking about. Um, tell the people where to follow you on social media if you want them to follow you. Okay, you can follow me on social media um, at Stephen Russell Hartz, um, R-U-S-S-E-L-L-H-A-R-T-S. Um, and you can follow me on my clown page, uh, Steve is crazy. Um, you can follow Official Troop. Um, you can follow Steve of Troop Fan. <laughs> or you can follow me on Facebook at um, Russell Lang Hartz. Um, I'm everywhere, man. Man, got about 20 pages. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got we got marketing to do, bro. <laughs> I, I see you. Man, Steve, this has been an honor, dude. I really appreciate you for doing this with me. Um, I'm going to keep in touch with you, man. Anytime you come to town, I'm going to hit you. And I'm going to well, be there you, doing every dance move. Y'all, I'm going to learn. I'm going I'm to I'm learn thank every you, dance step. I might be moving down there, so I might be. that might be more than what you think. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Hey, we, we we wide open. As you can see on Shade yeah. Room, everything, we wide open. So <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you so much, Steve, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is episode four of Love to Laugh Podcast. Thank y'all so much. I'm out. Peace.